Are you ready? That's what I want to talk about this morning. Uh, there's a parable in the, in the Gospel of Luke. It's in a couple of the other books as well, but especially in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 12, verse 35. I want to read this to you. Be dressed ready for service and keep your lamps burning like men waiting for their master to return from a wedding banquet so that when he comes and knocks, they can immediately open the door for him. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them watching when he comes. I'll tell you the truth. He will dress himself to serve while ha- and he will have them recline at the table and will come and wait on them. It will be good for those servants whose master finds them ready, even if he comes in the second or third watch of the night. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. Peter asked, Lord, are you telling this parable to us or to everyone? Jesus answered, who then is the faithful and wise manager whom the master puts in charge of his servants to give them their food allowance at the proper time? It'll be good for that servant whom the master finds doing so when he returns. I tell you the truth, he will put him in charge of all of his possessions. But suppose the servant says to himself, well, my master is taking a long time to come. And then he begins to beat the men servants and maid servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. The master of that servant will come on a day when he doesn't expect him and at an hour when he isn't aware and he will cut him to pieces and assign him with the unbelievers. That servant who knows his master's will and doesn't get ready or doesn't do what his master wants will be beaten with many blows. But the one who doesn't know and does things deserving punishment will be beaten with few blows from everyone who has been given much. Much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. Interesting parable. A lot of it has to do with the second coming of Jesus. And the bottom line is, are you ready? Are you ready to meet Jesus? I remember some years ago when I was preaching at the church in Gwinnett County, the Gwinnett Church of Christ, services had been dismissed, and and the church in Gwinnett County is on a little side road. Seaver Road is a little road that runs through the community there. It's just a standard surface road that runs through a neighborhood. And sometime, 15, 20, 30 minutes after the services were concluded, there was a young man on a motorcycle came screaming down the road, probably doing 60, 70, 80 miles an hour. I mean, he was just screaming down the road. And he got to the end of the road and he turned around and he came back just as fast. And then he turned around again and the third time he passed, just flying on his motorcycle. Third time he passed, I got in my car and I decided I'm going to catch that guy. So I went down Seaver Road, and Seaver used to make a turn. It doesn't anymore because they remodeled everything over there, and they made all the roads go different places. But it used to make a a left-hand turn. And so I made the left-hand turn, and when I got to the traffic light at the end of Seaver Road, there sat the kid on the motorcycle. And I got up really, really close to him. I mean, like, I could not open my door. I was so close to the motorcycle. And the guy on the bike looked, he, he turned and he looked at me, and I rolled my window down, and I asked him this question. Are you ready to die? I just asked him, are you ready to die? And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, are you ready to die? And then he sped off. And I didn't get to finish the conversation because he took off. But I asked him that question because, number one, no one in their right mind should be going that fast on a motorcycle on that road. But number two, I genuinely was curious, are you ready to die? Because if you keep acting this way, you're going to die. 
And I asked you this question, are you ready to die this morning? Is Jesus truly the Lord of your life? I think that's a reasonable question for a minister who's preaching a sermon to ask those who are in an audience at a church building. Is that fair? Is that reasonable? And I hope you can answer yes. I remember another story. This happened when I was in college. We were traveling. We were driving through Op, Alabama. Anyone ever been to Op, Alabama? Yes, one person. God bless you. Well, in Op, Alabama, late at night, there's not a lot of people on the road. We were driving in the Alabama Christian College, which is now Falkner University. We were driving in the Alabama Christian College van. We'd been performing, did a little gig down in North Florida. We were coming home. And we're coming through this little town, and apparently the guy who was driving the van was speeding a little bit more than he should have been as we drove through the little town. Speed limit's probably 35. He's probably doing 45 or 50. Somewhere through the little town of Op, Alabama, the blue lights come on behind the van. So we pull over, the officer comes up to the window, and I remember distinctly the gentleman who was driving the van, and he'll remain nameless because he might watch this video someday, and I don't want to embarrass him or me today. But nonetheless, Al Jackson rolled the window down. (laughs) He rolled the window down, and the officer came up, and he said, oh, I see that you're from Alabama Christian College in Montgomery. And Al said, yes, we are. We're returning from Florida. We're headed home. He said, sir, and and the officer asked Al this question. He said, sir, he said, I need to see your driver's license and registration on the vehicle and I just want to ask you a question and Al said well what's the question he's thinking like do you know how fast you're speeding or how fast you were going something like that the guy says are you saved this is an interesting question coming from a police officer in Op Alabama and I remember Al answered him this way I hope so and the officer said well I'm I'm sorry to say, I'm sorry to hear that you're not sure if you're saved. He said, I go to such and such church and I know I'm saved. (laughs) That hits home with a lot of us. Because a lot of us have gone through our lives wondering, well, am I really saved? I don't know, are you? What does the book say about being saved? I mean, seriously, think about it. What does the book say? Believe with all your heart. We teach in this church that once you're baptized and wash away your sins, you're saved. Is that true? Yes or no? Amen. Amen. Yes, you're saved. Do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died on a cross, washed away all your sins by the blood of Christ? Have you made the good confession and been baptized for remission of those sins? If you say yes to that, guess what? Uh, You're saved. Does that mean you live perfectly forever? Uh, No. If you don't believe it, ask my wife. Had a wonderful experience last night. You know when you move into a new house, you get to unpack boxes, you haven't seen stuff from in a long time. You know what I'm saying? So us guys, we have these tools in our shop. You know, we have tools like power staplers. Any of you have a power stapler? You know, guys are just crazy enough to do things like this. I pull that power stapler out of a box, haven't seen it in three or four or five years, and I pull it and I'm like, I wonder if this thing still works. So I decided to pull the trigger. The challenge was, I'm thinking it's an old-fashioned stapler. No, this is the newfangled stapler. It shoots from the other end. And I'm holding it in my left hand, and I take my right hand, and I squeeze the trigger down, and all of a sudden the staple goes right here in the joint of my finger. And it doesn't just go partially in, baby. It goes all the way to the bone. And like any good red-blooded American man, I just took a pair of channel locks, and I pulled it out. And asked my wife to go get me a Band-Aid. We know, we should know if we're saved. But so many times we go through life wondering, well, I wonder if I am. The book says you are. Are you going to live perfectly? Uh, No. 
Did the book say that after you've been baptized for the mission of sins, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, you live perfectly? It never says that. It's a nice echo. It never says that. It says that the grace and the mercy of God continue to allow us to stand before God holy and righteous, not because of what we have done or what we continue to do or not to do, but because of the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. That is what gives us the promise, not the hope, but the promise of eternal life. It's not a wish. It's not a maybe. It's like, well, I hope I can. No, 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 no. It is. And if it isn't, then really we are of all men most miserable. Because how can you go through life wondering if heaven is your home? Heaven is your home. It's a promise. It's a guarantee. And I know it's a guarantee because the book teaches us that the Holy Spirit has been given to us as the guarantee, the down payment on the home that we have. I just bought a house. I gave them a down payment. I gave them a check for $5,000. And if I didn't close on the deal, they keep my money. I closed. I got my house. God has given us a down payment. It's called the Holy Spirit who lives within us. And it's the down payment guaranteeing the inheritance that we have in heaven. There's no doubt. So once we get through that and understand that we are saved, then the real question is, are we ready for what comes next. Are we really ready? Because there are a lot of opportunities that come our way. And the fear that I have as we grow out into the world as believers in the world around us, the fear that I have is that we seem to forget that the promises are real and the promises are true. And we seem not to be ready to share with others of the hope and the promise that lies within us. Paul wrote somewhere in the book, I remember this distinctly, it says, be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within you. Yes, it says that. But are you ready to give an answer? Because see, we don't really know when Jesus is coming back. I mean, best guesstimates is he was born somewhere around, like he wasn't born in 0 AD, because that doesn't really fit the timeline very well. He's probably born a few years before 0 AD. And I don't know how all that works, but... He was not born exactly on 0 AD. But this is the year 2000 and what, 19? So it's been 2,000 plus years since he was here? And he hasn't returned? What's the deal? When is he coming? Well, if you look on the internet, it'll give you the answer. <laughs> it's always right. Yes, the internet's always right. He's, he was supposed to come last week. I don't know when he's coming back. Guess what? You don't know when he's coming back. Guess what? He himself, Jesus, who is the Christ, doesn't even know when he's coming back. He said, only the Father knows the day. So my question for you is, are you ready? Because Matthew 24 says, therefore keep watch because you don't know what day your Lord will come. This little thing here from Winnie the Pooh book, it says, Pooh asked, what day is it? And Piglet answered, it's today. And Pooh says, that's my favorite day. Guess what? Today is the only day any of us have. There's no promise for tomorrow. I get to drive home this afternoon. So do you. There's no guarantee that any of us will even be able to make it to the house. We don't have any guarantees. 
I got an email or a Facebook message from a good friend of mine who lives down in Escondido. He, he said, I took some friends up to this city up in Northern California last week and I was coming home and I had a mild heart attack. Spent the night in the hospital. But he's home now because he sent me the Facebook message. And I sent a note back with him. I said, God is good. He's not done with you yet. He's not finished with you yet here. He still has more for you to do. I don't know what day Jesus is coming back. Neither do you, but I know I have this day. I know I have today. So what will we do with today? When you leave this place this afternoon, when we go for lunch, when we go home, wherever we go from this place in this building, whatever it is that we do, will we be aware of those who are around us? And will we in some way be looking for opportunities to share with them just a little glimmer of hope, just a little glimmer of this confidence that we have that we are saved? I don't know what day is coming back. I don't have to know. But what I do know is that I need to be ready every day to speak with those about Jesus, whomever and however he places them in my path. Be on guard, Mark 13, 33, be on guard, be alert. You don't know when the time will come. What time is it? It's adventure time. It is adventure time. When you and I think about all the things that are going on in the world around us, every day is an adventure because we live in California and you never know what's going to happen in this crazy world that we live in. It's exciting. There's always something adventurous around us. There's always something interesting going on. Take advantage of the opportunities that are around you. Look for them. Keep your eyes open. Keep your antennas up. Keep your radar open because always all around us, There are adventurous opportunities that God puts in front of us that gives us the chance to speak the name of Jesus to somebody. That's what life is when you are a believer. Luke 12, be dressed and ready for service and keep your lamps lamps burning. Expect the encounter. Expect the door to knock. I remember a long time ago, 87, 86, 87, I don't remember the exact year, my very first trip to Pepperdine University, I went out to the lectureships, and there was a guy who was preaching, Randy Mayhew. And Randy made a comment in a sermon, and he said this, I long for moments of time when God will come down. I long for those moments of transcendence when God will come down. And that has stuck with me, and it's rung in my ears, and it's played in my mind all of these years, because you and I never know When God is trying to reach someone that he places you with today, at this hour, at this time, you and I never really know when God has put someone in front of us that we're supposed to talk to. And it could be as simple as buying a cup of coffee or get them a glass of water in a restaurant. It could be as simple as you're pumping gas and you talk to the person next to you. It could be as simple as somebody at work that you have an opportunity to share with and they might even ask you to pray for them because something is going on in their life. I don't know what it is, but there's always, always an opportunity. But we have to be aware that God has placed us where we are and he has put us there at exactly the right time. You know, when you buy a house and you have to gut it and remodel it, you end up spending more money than you planned. Did you know that? So I'm lying in bed one night this last week. I don't remember what night it was. 
But I'm lying in bed and I'm asleep. And I have this dream. And in the dream, I very distinctly remember this expression. Ed, you will always have all that you need. You will always have all that you need. Do you know that is a promise from God? You will always have all that you need. Now, sometimes we get confused on what we need. You get what I'm saying? Sometimes we get confused with that. But the reality is the God who created this whole world that we get to live in, this whole universe that we get to experience and, ex and explore, the one who created all of this promised us that you will always have all that you need. And do you know God has never been late once in all of history? Now, we work on a different timeline and continuum than God does sometimes. And our minds think in different ways. And we always, oftentimes, we will worry about things that are coming or anticipating or things that we're not sure about. And we'll get all uptight and worried and anxious about stuff. And then, just like that, God comes through at just the right time so that we have all that we need. There's a guy standing at the back door right there, Cuberto. He was gracious enough to help me remodel in the house. So he finished up, what day was it, Thursday? I write him a check. <coughs> and I'm going to tell the amount, don't mean to embarrass you, but I'm going to say the amount. $3,500. That was the last check that I owed for what he had all the work done. I probably owe him more than that. He just won't tell me how much I owe him. But I wrote him a check for $3,500 on Thursday. Friday, I go to the mailbox. There's a check for $3,003.56. There's another check for $458 and some change. Now that's not exactly $3,500, but it's close enough for me. <laughs> I had money in the bank to pay him before I ever put, but I'm like, $3,500 check, $3,460 in the bank. Where does all that come from? Um, God. Because you will always have all that you need. God is at work always around us, placing us and allowing us to be exactly where we need to be to be ready to meet whatever needs he places in front of us to touch whomever's life he is placed with us. And he always does it at exactly the right time, on exactly the right day, in exactly the right hour, because he knows exactly what we need, and he knows exactly what others need. And my encouragement and challenge to all of us is to constantly be thinking, are you ready? Are you ready? Not just to meet Jesus, but are you ready to meet whatever it is that God puts in front of you today to serve Him? You must also be ready because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect Him. I don't know what tomorrow brings. I have no idea. 
I don't even know what this afternoon brings. But I know this. For those of us who are believers, we have been given much. And I know you've been given much because you've been given your faith. And for those of us who have been given much, there's much expected and required. Jesus said at the very end of that parable, from everyone who has been given much, much will be demanded. And from the one who has been entrusted with much, much more will be asked. You know, a lot of times, sad but true, we shirk from some of our responsibilities in serving and working and ministering to others in the kingdom of God. And I'm not talking about doing stuff at the church building. I'm just wanting you to think about the fact that all of us have been given enormous blessings in Christ. And he expects us to do something with that. And he expects us to rise to the challenge of whatever it is that he puts in front of us today and tomorrow and next week. He expects us to rise to that challenge. And the, the scary part is, if we don't, even what we have will be taken away. And I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. I've had more than one or two people in my life ask me, Ed, why do you preach? And the simple answer is, because I have to. And it has nothing to do with money. It's because I have to. I remember when I was in college at Harding over 40 years ago, one of my professors, Dr. Allen Eisen, or Isop, I forget it, Eisen, I think was his last name. He taught a course on the work of the preacher. And he made a comment one time in class that I pray to God I never forget. And his comment was simply this, guys, if you're ever going to preaching and you find yourself in a position where you feel like you should do something else other than preach, by all means do it. Do it. Because you're doing a disservice to the kingdom of God if you stay in the pulpit and you shouldn't be in a pulpit. All of us have responsibilities in the kingdom of God. We all have gifts. We all have talents. We've been given much. I'm asking you to use what God has given you. I'm asking you to consider how you can serve in a greater capacity. I'm asking you how you can serve other people. I'm asking you to be more aware of those who are around you, understanding that God has always, always put you exactly where you needed to be at just the right time because he never has ever made a mistake. Why do you think he would start now? He's never been late. He's always on time. He is the ultimate, just on time, management consultant. And if you don't know what that means, go back and read Edward Deming's stuff. Are you ready? Are you ready? Simple question. I pray to God that all of you are ready to accept Jesus and have already accepted him. I pray that all of you are ready to go to heaven, but are you ready to meet the world where the world is at to help them see just a little bit more about who Jesus is? Brandon, if you'll trade your baby off to your wife, I'll let you come and lead a song.
As we're going to sing this song that he's got here, I think I went too far. I was made for this, and the reality is you were made for this. Every one of us were made for the opportunity to serve God. So as we stand and sing and encourage one another, I invite you to consider your walk with God. Make a commitment this morning to serve him in every single thing, every day, because he's put you exactly where you need to be today to do what he needs you to do right now. Let's encourage one another. I was.